0: Disclaimer: Most of the world doesn't share your opinion. Warning. Proceeding without caution will bring you into spoiler territory for the media displayed on screen. Timestamps are gifted in the description and comment section. Your discretion is advised. One million dollars. Two million. You don't have it. Three million. I'll borrow it from you. Four million. Five million. That's a utility belt, not a money belt. Six million. Seven million. In 1997, Batman was dead to the mainstream. After rising from all the campiness he was put through, thrown back into the limelight as a darker and grittier version, he was once again dragged back into the camp with Batman and Robin, and after that, He was gone for a whole 8 years. And yes, of course, he was still alive and doing well in the comics, but just like after Batman 66, The Dark Knight was nothing to the mainstream. Until an up and coming director with only two films in his catalog walked up to Warner Brothers handing them a script that would soon permanently change the character for the rest of time. That director was Christopher Nolan, and that script was for the 2005 movie Batman Begins, a movie that would not only drag a Batman out from underneath the grave, but would do it using a fucking crane and send him flying into the public eye even darker and grittier. This move would be followed up with an absolute legendary icon, and then followed up with a very controversial move. So, today, let's once again talk Batman movies, and specifically the three that Nolan would bring to the public. And let's go over each of them individually and talk about the good and the bad, and then wrap it up with a nice, neat little bow and talk about how I feel about them overall. Also, I feel like I need to put this sort of disclaimer here The Dark Knight trilogy is one of three trilogies that are very special to me. See, it goes outrageous. Uh, me Spider-Man trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy, and then the Dark Knight trilogy. And with this trilogy, I've said trilogy so many fucking times. (laughs) With this trilogy, and specifically the Dark Knight, I have seen countless analysis of these films, so I am well aware of the deeper meanings of everything. With that being said, For the most part, I'm probably not going to bring them up just because I want my reviews to be strictly me and my opinions and if I were to delve into every deep aspect of these movies I would just be giving a low tier copy of New Rockstars videos on the trilogy. I will mention some of them but those are things that either I noticed myself or I feel like I could have noticed myself if I had seen these movies more times than I actually have. Being completely honest, I've seen the New Rockstars videos on the trilogy more times than I've seen the actual trilogy (laughs) so with that out of the way let's go back to the year of myspace and hot topic and see where this batman will begin i am not going to apologize for that (laughs) it's fucking distracting Batman Begins was released on June 15, 2005 and follows the origins of Bruce Wayne, played by Christian Bale, becoming Batman. About a good half of the movie is showing the origins and creation of Batman, and then the second half is showing Batman take over and save Gotham, making himself the household name that he will become. And I have no idea where to start with this. For one... I see why they picked Christian Bale as Batman for this, especially when he was coming off with such an iconic role that was Patrick Bateman in American Psycho, truly showing his capability of playing a character that has two sides to it, one that needs to be hidden from the public. And up until another actor that we'll discuss later down the line, I think he is the perfect looking Bruce Wayne that's been played so far. Once you get him in that suit and tie, you can just see the Playboy Millionaire. And there's even a shot in this movie where he looks like a really good young Bruce Wayne. Now him as Batman is uh, it's the voice, it's, it's the voice. The voice is the one thing everyone talks about when it comes to Christian Bale's performance. And to be completely honest, I don't mind it. Of course, it's fun to make fun of, but I never really minded it. It's just kind of there and eh, whatever. With that being said, I think it's the worst in here just because of how inconsistent it is. Now, if you see my Joker ranking, you'll know that consistency is everything in a performance for me and it stays true in here. There are times where the voice works and is amazing. I swear to God. Swear to me! Then there are times where it's just like, kinda not even there. It's not who I am underneath. But what I do that defines me. There are also a few times where Bale's performance as Bruce is a bit weak, like during the pool scene, which... I honestly think that entire scene is trash and should have been replaced with something else. I get that it's there to lean into Bruce and Rachel meeting up again and to show Bruce covering up his side and making sure nobody expects him to be Batman, but everything in that scene just felt like a waste of time for me. Speaking of Rachel, let's talk about the supporting characters in this movie. Let's start with the Waynes. I didn't mind them i thought the scenes between bruce and his father were really nice but the writing and pacing was kind of garbage throughout them martha doesn't really get to do much the attention's kind of all put on to thomas but i thought they were both really good and i usually fucking hate children in general let alone just child actors but i i liked child bruce you know i I thought he was all right i don't know man i i didn't bring it up in my initial review but i i I really fucking hated child Bruce in Batman 89. There was just something about him. I was like, I I don't like like looking at you. Get the fuck off my screen, please. (laughs) And then there's Michael Caine as Alfred. And as much as I love his performance, and I love his character, and I love the different take on Alfred in this universe where he's very helpful with Bruce when it comes to setting up as Batman, compared to the other Alfreds, I kinda just like them a tad bit more. There's just something with the voice and performance in all the other Alfreds prior that's lacking in Michael Kane's performance, but nonetheless, I still love him in here. He's a persona to protect those you care about from reprisals. You thinking about Rachel? Hey, I was thinking of myself. Morgan Freeman's also in this movie as Lucius Fox, and while I personally prefer Dave Fennoy's performance, I will never complain about having Morgan Freeman in a movie. And his performance in here is great anyways. He has some of the best lines in the entire movie and the entire trilogy. Didn't you get the memo? Let me get this straight. You think that your client, one of, one of the wealthiest, most powerful men in the world, is secretly a vigilante who spends his nights beating criminals to a pulp with his bare hands. And your plan is to blackmail this person? Uh, I have a long, uninteresting Wayne Enterprises designation. I just took the calling at the bat. And yes, Mr. Wayne, it does come in black. Gary Oldman's also in here, but I would like to talk about his performance in the next movie because he's a little bit more prevalent in there. Liam Neeson as Rachel Gould was fine i guess i understand that it's pretty hard to translate a dude who looks like this and jumps into a pit made of liquid that brings him back to life causing him to be hundred years old is uh is a tiny bit complicated to bring into real life so you know he was good with what he had. Killian Murphy as Scarecrow is honestly really fucking great. I especially love whenever he has the mask on. And now I understand why Angry Video Game Nerd was kind of upset with this movie because by the end of it, I just wanted more Scarecrow than anything else. I don't know, man. Ever since Arkham Asylum, like, Scarecrow's just been fucking badass to me. He ne- he needs more representation. Please. And then finally, there's Katie Holmes as Rachel Dawes. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan. I mean... It took a while to get used to the fact that, as Nostalgia Critic says, Looks like she's about 12. But her acting is just kind of all over the place. There are some scenes that I'm like, eh, yeah, that's not bad. And then there's some where it's just, mmm, please stop talking. Onto the plot of the movie and my opinions on it. I think as a Batman origin movie, it is insanely good with so many little things put into it that makes it so great. For one, the Joker isn't the cause of Wayne's death. YAY! I don't know how you could fuck that up! But also there are just little subtle things that I love, like the one choir boy during the Wayne's death. Who would rather win? Who grown rich adults that could afford a bodyguard or one singy boy. There's the arm gloves that Rachel Ghoul wears that Bruce ends up taking for his suit. There's the whole swapping between the past and the present, the showing of how he got the materials for his suit and gear, and even just the showcase of how he donned his no-killing rule is pretty cool. Even if the following of that rule is a little inconsistent. Other things I liked about this movie was the opening scene having the Bat logo made out of bats representing the fear Bruce has for that creature and him eventually overcoming it, and also playing into the theme of fear that this movie has, themes being something that is prevalent in all three of these films, and that's what makes them so great to me. And even just the showcase of the train being covered in graffiti when it was once all prim and proper before the death of the Waynes. There's comedy in this movie, and it's done pretty well, having the other side characters deliver the jokes or Bruce Wayne delivering them and not Batman. Well, well, I mean... There are two jokes that Batman says, and uh. Nice coat. Can you drive a stick? I'm not the biggest fan of Nice Coat, but I can forgive it for being a reference, but can you drive a stick is a bit mmm to me cause I can kinda hear Kevin Conroy saying it, but I still don't know if it fits the character of Batman. I like how once Batman starts taking back Gotham, it leads into what could be used as an ending of the movie. <laughs> then it just continues kind of acting as a second half like this is the beginning of batman's creation and this is the beginning of batman's popularity i also like how zazz got a bit of representation here again something about arkham asylum just made me fucking love zazz so much i don't know why he was also criminally underused in that game jesus fucking christ i thought nightmare batman was insanely dope But then i do have some negatives which is a fucking cardinal sin to have when talking about this trilogy for one The editing is kind of atrocious during the fight scenes. I didn't remember them being that bad and thought people were just overreacting, but Christ is the camera all over the fucking place and I can't make sense of what's happening. And the majority of the movie's runtime has a decent pace going for it, making the first hour and a half not feel that long. But then at some point, it just screeches to a halt and gets kind of slow and boring. But overall, the film is, yeah, pretty good. And ah, uh... take this guy. Armed robbery, double homicide, got a taste for the theatrical, like you. Leaves a calling card. I'll look into it. <gasps> Dark Knight was released on July 18th, 2008, and follows up almost immediately after Batman begins with the Joker, played by Heath Ledger, going through his plan to turn Gotham into chaos and anarchy, and Batman needs to stop him. This movie is just stunning. It starts with this amazing five minute bank robbing scene that gives you just a glimpse at who the Joker is. This scene Holds so many great things. You get to see the Joker in the very beginning. Rewatching the scene, you get to be able to notice that it's the Joker, given his little tiny movements. Also, this is gonna go against my rule of uh, things that only I notice, but it—it's so good I had to—I had to bring it up. Uh. There's a Spider-Man 3 movie poster in the background. This is why Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man, okay? Did Tom Holland get to be canon in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy? Didn't think so. There's a reference to Cesar Romero's Joker, and... I mean, what else can I say about that? And of course, there's also the amazing Joker scene that fits so perfectly with this universe. And Heath is just a... Astonishing as the Joker. He manages to embody the past three well known Jokers while also being his own character and fitting so well into the serious world that is this universe. Looking at him and the way he acts, I can't believe that someone in real life would go batshit enough to start acting like this. And watching like some of his interviews prior to this movie, I. 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 I can't, for the life of me, see or hear this performance coming out of it. Like, you know how much of a fucking massive like difference there is between his voice and his Joker voice? Touch what Jack Nicholson did in Tim Burton's World would be a crime. I would start with the head, but the victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the max. <laughs> see? Ha- ha- how How? My one brain cell has a migraine just trying to imagine that voice coming out of him. Aaron Eckhart is a massive step up from Tommy Lee Jones's 2 Face because, I mean, for one, he's his own character. (laughs) Say it. Say it! it! Yeah, that scene right there actually got me to jump when I uh, rewatched it for this review. I I I I somehow forgot it happened. (laughs) Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel is Honestly, a lot better than Katie Holmes, in my opinion. I don't want to keep referencing other reviews in this one, but I have to say I agree with Jeremy Johns on this. But personally, I prefer Maggie Gyllenhaal to Katie Holmes because Katie Holmes looked like she had to sleep with the DA to get her job and Maggie Gyllenhaal, although she was sleeping with the DA, didn't look like she had to. She looks pretty good as a lawyer in this movie. Like if you watch The Dark Knight and you try to envision Katie Holmes saying Maggie Gyllenhaal's lines, it doesn't work. Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine are back as Lucius Fox and Alfred and they are still amazing. Kristen Bale is obviously back, but he ends up having his voice even deeper and even more chain smoker sounding. And if I'm gonna be completely honest, I like it more than Batman Begins. Obviously, just because it's more consistent. Like, it's fucking stupid. Don't get me wrong. But at least he continues to have it all the way through the movie. That's all that matters to me just keep it consistent i also like the new suit more just because it seems less awkward to be in i wasn't the biggest fan with the trend of having the mask combined with the suit and the one in begins just makes him look like he's constantly hunched over hunched over is a poor choice of words more like just awkward in general also the suit looks like it's really cheap and made of rubber looks like a spirit halloween costume more than an actual suit while this one at least lets him assert his dominance a bit more. Plus, they even have a scene in here explaining the suit change. I need a new suit. Um, three buttons is a little 90s, Mr. Lane. I'm not talking fashion, Mr. Fox, so much as function. wanna be able to turn the head? Sure back now backing the driveway in here. It's not necessary at all, but it's it's nice addition. I liked it. Also, how could I not love references? And then the role I saved for last. Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon. Now, while he's not my definitive Commissioner Gordon, because I I don't really have one given how so many people have played the character. There is one performance though that we'll talk about next week. Either way, Gary Oldman is easily the live action Gordon and the best one so far. He looks like commissioner gordon and his performance is just so fucking good he is truly the like jk simmons as J.J. Joma jameson of batman movies like like jk simmons will always be the definitive J.J. Joma jameson like he looks exactly like the character and same goes with gary oldman gary oldman looks exactly like commissioner gordon and his performance like i said is fucking spectacular. Other things I liked about the movie was the opening scene with the Bat logo being made out of fire, which is something that the Joker absolutely loves. The editing is a lot better during the fight scenes and I'm able to see what the fuck's going on. I also like the attention due to time, something that's very well known in Nolan films and I really appreciate it. And this movie holds what I considered to be two of the greatest scenes in any Batman movie ever now they're not as good as the grave scene in phantasm that is truly the best one but this movie holds the hit me scene and the interrogation scene let's start with the hit me scene i absolutely love this it shows batman's no killing rule at its best having him so close to the brink of actually breaking it before he takes control over himself and veers off and at this point we get easily one of the Best performances of Heath Ledger's Joker, where he almost embodies the character, and also Mark Hamill's performance for some reason, I guess. (laughs) And then also, this whole scene is taken like right after the fucking amazing truck flip scene, which, like, you have to understand around the time that this movie came out a lot of films were doing the fucking truck flip scene it it was like a requirement for movies around this time that you have to have a truck be flipped but everyone did it in cgi and then christopher nolan was just like you know what Fuck you and your CGI, I'm gonna do this for real. And then the interrogation scene, a lot like the hit me scene, shows off the no-killing rule with Joker once again egging him on, telling him that he's gonna have to break it, and Batman going, batshit, no no pun intended, due to it. While at the same time, we have Joker truly describing the relationship he and Batman have. And why do you wanna kill me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't wanna kill you! What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no. No. No, you, you complete me. See? Joker doesn't need to be the murderer of Batman's parents just for them to have a relationship. Also, it's technically not a part of that scene and it comes afterwards, but Joker's whole speech about why he uses knives is so fucking good and quotable. I love it. You want to know why I use a knife? Guns are too quick. You can't savor all the little... Emotion. You, you see, in their last moments, people show you who they really are. So, in a way, I know your friends better than you ever did. He do be speaking facts, though. There's also a ton of other scenes in this movie that I could sit here and break down and and talk about how, like, oh. Christopher Nolan really did a fucking 4D chess move on the comic book movies and all these scenes are like some 200 IQ type shit. But as I said in the beginning, I would just be giving you a D-tier new Rockstars video, so go watch those ones if you want more of an analysis of these films. Overall though, this is a fucking amazing movie, it's an amazing sequel, it's an amazing Batman movie, and easily one of the best Batman movies of all time, but having a trilogy that has a really good first movie... And then the sequel blowing that one out of the water has already been done before. And sadly, history repeats itself. It's fucking distracting! Oh, good! It's fucking distra- Return of the Jedi sucks. It was so boring. Sorry I just had to say that just in case Brain was watching. The Dark Knight Rises however I kind of feel the same way that I felt about Batman Begins which is probably just one of my other unpopular opinions because most people hold this movie as like the weakest and or the worst in the trilogy and like just overall a bad movie. Yeah I get it but to me I found it really great and enjoyable and I just kind of don't have a solid opinion on it, I-, I guess? The Dark Knight Rises follows Bane, played by Tom Hardy, coming into Gotham and breaking it down, fully taking over the city with planes of blowing it up. Gotham isn't the only thing he breaks, though, because he breaks Batman's back, and probably his fucking mental, and drops him into a pit, where Bruce will eventually heal and climb out of it. On top of this, you have the introduction of Catwoman, played by Anne Hathaway, and John Blake Robin, played by Joseph Gord Levitt. Yes, you heard that right. John. Blake. Robin. We'll get into that later. And just like Batman Begins, I have no fucking idea what's going on this whole opening scene. Maybe I missed something, but it all just feels like a hundred things are going on at once. And what truly confused me was this. Like, like, why are they taking this guy's blood while the plane's crashing? And then, and then I think they took him after that? Like, 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 if you're, if you're gonna take the guy anyways, why, why did you bother taking the blood from him? Like, I just, I, did I miss something? Like, I'm genuinely confused about this scene, and I, and I feel like I missed something. And, and, and it might just be because of the fact that, like, I have a fucking small brain. We all know this, but it's just so many things happening at once, like with the opening scene of Batman Begins, that my said small brain can't compute. I don't, like, genuinely, if if I missed something while watching that scene, can you, can you tell me in the comments? Like, please? I would like to know what the fuck was going on. I will say, though, this line was pretty funny. If I pull that off, will you die? It would be extremely painful. You're a big guy. For you. Oh yeah, that's that's something else this movie brings. It, it brings a lot of comedy. <laughs> must have lost my ticket. Your wife said you were taking a cab home. My wife? I think this might be the most comedic movie in the trilogy, and that tends to be the main complaint that I hear along with just the constant plot holes and shit, but honestly, both of them don't really bother me. I don't have a problem with comedy in Batman movies unless it's coming from Batman himself. And obviously, that doesn't include Bruce Wayne, because it would be weird if the rich Playboy millionaire didn't crack a few jokes here and there. Especially with the fact that he has to hide his darker alter identity. With that being said, Batman does deliver a joke in this movie. This guy. I don't know how to feel about it, to be honest, because on one hand, it's Batman delivering a joke. But on the other hand, it do be kind of funny, though. <laughs> I also just want to mention, I don't understand the hate the scene gets. Like, like yeah, it, it's it's dumb that he speaks in his Batman voice when he's alone, but do you know how jarring it would be to just hear Bale's regular voice while the suit's on? I don't know, man, The scene just makes sense to me. Anyways let's talk about Catwoman, now you may be aware of my thoughts on how they handled the character in Batman Returns, so I strongly say Anne Hathaway's Catwoman is Far fucking superior to Michelle Pfeiffer's. and brings the seductiveness and the lightweight acrobatics that Catwoman has, and it's honestly amazing. She's not just doing backflips to do backflips like she's a fucking Lego character. She's gracefully jumping through and out of windows and beating the shit out of people, all while seducing a handful of men around the movie, including ones that she's beating up. I don't know, man, that scene of her backflipping out of the store just seems so fucking unnecessary to me. It genuinely reminded me of when you just, like, pull back on the joystick and hold down A at the same time in, like, a Lego game, and you just try to see how, how like, long you can get your character to backflip. Like, that's that's what that reminded me of. Another role that's really good in here is, surprisingly, Alfred. I think he truly shines in this movie, with Michael Caine putting in the most emotion into the character that I've ever seen out of any performance other than, like, Batman Arkham Origins. My favorite scenes from this movie, honestly, are the three emotional Bruce and Alfred scenes. And then, there's Tom Hardy's bang Look. There is no comparison between live action Bane's because this one is obviously more superior than the one at Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin's Bane isn't even Bane, it's just a dumb brute in a Bane costume that can only speak in whatever word he decides to pick out of an Ivy sentence. This Bane, however, is incredibly smart and insanely strong, just like the actual Bane. Of course, he can't transform into a giant brute, but I mean, if anyone was expecting that to happen in this trilogy, they're just Fucking stupid. With all that being said, I genuinely do not know how to feel about the voice. It, it's not, it's not bad. I, it's, I don't hate it. it. It just gets a little difficult to understand him sometimes. But honestly, my biggest problem is how out of place he sounds every time he talks. There's just something about the audio of his voice that feels so out of place and forced in, and just not mixed right because the character will be talking and then Bane comes in and is just super fucking loud. Does this mask come with its own portable BO Lab 90? Like what the fuck is going on here? Talia Al is also in this movie played by a French actress that I'm not even going to even try to pronounce the name and I don't know if it's just the fact that like the first time I ever heard of Talia or met Talia in anything was in Arkham City but... I do not like her performance at all. For one, she looks like a less attractive Mila Kunis and it's constantly throwing me off and I know that has nothing to do with her acting and it's just purely visuals, but it's so insanely distracting. But then she has this like accent that doesn't sound like it fits at all. And Jesus fucking Christ, her death is so laughable because of how bad it is. (sighs) How did you get a role in a Christopher Nolan movie when when this is the level of, like, death you bring? (laughs) This is fucking, this is the most, like, amateur, mediocre shit I've ever seen. I think the deaths in, like, my fucking school film festival were better than this. What the fuck? I, I, I just, I just wasn't a fan of her at all. All right. Let's talk about Blake. Blake is a non-comic character that is in this movie as a detective that eventually ends up working alongside Batman and Gordon. And overall, I actually liked him a lot in here. I think his character works pretty well and I like Joseph's performance. But then, there's the ending scene. I like that name. Robin. Now, I understand wanting to have a reveal at the end of the movie of Robin taking up the mantle after Batman's supposed death, but... I just have a problem with having the character be literally named Robin. I also understand not wanting them to just fully reveal himself as one of the Robin names before, like, the ending of the movie, but... I mean, for fuck's sake, Dick Grayson's middle name is John! Would it have been so hard to just name Blake John and then have him go under that as his alias and then reveal at the end that his full name is being Dick John Grayson or fucking something? Name him Drake Jackson, and reveal he's Tim Drake in the end. I don't know, do something other than forcing an awkward Robin into his name. It's so fucking lazy, and it doesn't fit at all, and it's so awkward. It's just so fucking stupid. Like, you you had so many chances. You had so many chances. You could have fucking named him after Jason Todd and called him Peter. I don't know, he, there, there's so, there's so many different Robins that, that you could have just given him a fucking alias, like, used his middle name. I, only probably, like, diehard comic book fans would be able to just immediately pick up what the character is, just going off by the fucking middle name. But, like, a lot of the mainstream who didn't read comics watched this movie, so, like, you had one Job, it was right there it was fucking right there you could have done something but but you did you did this you you went for this and i just don't understand why anyways <laughs> contrary to what you might believe from that previous rant i don't think this movie's bad i actually think it picks up once batman's back breaks and bane takes over gotham i don't know why but there's just something about the tone of the film and the way gotham looks after bane takes over that makes me really like the movie at that point i don't know man there's just something about snow that i love and just seeing how visually remarkable like visually stunning gotham looks while it's just covered in snow and it's also really interesting having the final climax happen during the day and having batman show up during that time that is definitely something that wouldn't go over well. I mean, just look at fucking Justice League, but I think in here, it works. Also, I genuinely think this movie has the best soundtrack out of the three. On Thin Ice and the full version of mine if I cut in is so beautiful. The fire rises and Fear Will Find You are so badass that they just hype me though. Fuck off! The Shadows Betray You is so unique and dark that I have no choice but to stand. They even brought back molasses during the chase scene and honestly, I really liked it in this movie more. There are just a lot more highlights in this soundtrack and more times that a song stuck out to me than in the other two. Don't get me wrong though, Why So Serious is like easily the fucking best song out of this trilogy. A few other things that I liked in this movie are the reference to Killer Croc. He chased a gunman down into the sewers. I pulled him out he was babbling about an underground army a masked man called Bane. Shouldn't you be telling your superior officers about this? They asked me if he saw any giant alligators. Even though he's a crocodile and not an alligator. The no kill rule. You gotta be kidding me. No guns, no killing. Where's the fun in that? Morgan Freeman, the more attention to time, Batman thinking that Bane was the child, even though Bane said that he didn't see the light until he was already a man. Honestly, I could just be misunderstanding that, and those two things aren't correlated. I wouldn't put it past me. The fight scenes are a definite step up and are pretty good in here, in my opinion. I especially like the one with the flashing lights in the tunnels. I thought that was fucking amazing. And finally, there is the chilling scene of the police slowly getting stuck underneath the tunnels, and Blake finding out about it and telling the chief, being only soundtracked, by the singing of a small boy. Who would rather win? A hundred cops or one singy boy? <laughs> but overall, this movie is just good to me. There's really nothing super memorable, unlike The Dark Knight, and it just kind of falls in the same watching experience as Batman Begins for me personally. It's fun at times, but then at others, I just kind of coast through it. It's fucking distracting. Oh, good. Overall, I think these movies are their own kind of special. Not because of how they paved the way for the character, both good and bad, but because of just the movies themselves in terms of quality and enjoyment. I originally had the title used in this video be the term A Very Weird Sandwich, which in itself is weird, but it all came down to the films. You see, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises are the bread and then the Dark Knight is the peanut butter. Why a peanut butter sandwich? Because they're severely underrated. Anyways, Begins and Rises give off the same enjoyability for me, while Dark Knight is on a whole other level to a point that it's practically a standalone film that doesn't require you to see the other two. I mean, I had a friend come over and watched The Dark Knight, just just strictly The Dark Knight. He had never watched anything of the trilogy. He didn't watch Batman Begins. He didn't see, you know, The Dark Knight Rises afterwards. He just strictly saw The Dark Knight. And I think he still has only strictly seen The Dark Knight. And I didn't have to explain anything to him, like context wise. I didn't have to explain like the origins of Batman. Like he didn't have to watch Batman Begins in order to watch The Dark Knight. And there was nothing about the ending of The Dark Knight that required him to see Rises doesn't mean that Begins and Rises are bad. It's just that Dark Knight somehow managed to be a standalone film while also being like dead set middle in a trilogy. And from what I've seen, I'm not the only person that thinks this way. The majority opinion is that Dark Knight is one of the best Batman movies of all time and is easily the best in the trilogy, while the other two are debated on which one is better. They're both good, like I said, but not as amazing as the Dark Knight. So in simpler terms, Begins and Rises are gold while Dark Knight is the diamond in between.